This week, I'm going to take you to the skies once again. This is Anything With A Motor, and I'm your host, Elias Cruz. Stop by every Wednesday when we'll be looking into some of the most incredible machines on the planet and telling you some of their stories. You can find each one of our stories for free on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. I've always loved the idea of going fast. Ever since I was a little kid, I loved the feeling of being in a fast car, a go-kart, a bicycle, a skateboard, hell, whatever. As long as it was going fast and I could feel the speed, I was there for it. Except for roller coasters because I'm terrified of them. Don't judge me, okay? Stop. I, I can stop. I can feel you judging. Now, I know I'm not alone in my desire for speed. I know my desire isn't even anything relatively new for my generation either. What I hadn't counted on when researching this episode was how far back the need for speed went. Turns out that shortly after inventing human flight back in 1903, some people looked at the Wright Flyer and some of its subsequent copies and uttered the immortal words of Ricky Bobby. I want to go fast. In August of 1909, The first ever air race took place in Reims, France. Now, if you remember our episode on rally cars from last season, you might recall that the first ever rally race also took place in France. I'm starting to think that the French might just be our petrol-sniffing brothers and sisters. My research led me to a fantastic article in the Smithsonian Magazine by Don Berlinier, in which he states, quote, when Glenn Curtis edged Frenchman Louis Belleroux at the world's first air race in Reims, France in August of 1909, few Americans had seen an airplane, let alone an air race. Curtis won them the opportunity, though. By bringing home air racing's first important award, the Gordon Bennett Trophy, Curtis also won the right for his country to host the next international air meet. End quote. The race held in America was the first ever held in our country and set up to take place at Dominguez Airfield from January 10th to the 20th, roughly about 10 miles southwest of downtown LA. The event attracted a ton of money, sponsorships, and huge crowds in excess of over 250,000 people. To give you an idea of just how many people that really is, America wouldn't have another sporting event draw anything even remotely that size of a crowd, until 2016 during the running of the 100th Indianapolis 500 when it's reported that approximately 350,000 people attended the race. Since those 10 days in January, all those years ago, the aviation community hasn't really lost its spirit or its desire to go faster and faster. Even after the invention of the jet engine and its commercialization, we still race planes today, the old-fashioned way, really, with propeller and piston-driven engines. The only difference is that we can go in faster today and the airframes can handle really just more punishment. And I kind of, I get that you are wondering where I'm going with this. So allow me to introduce to you the world of single-seater race planes. 
Hey folks, are you listening to us on Apple Podcast? If so, why don't you be super awesome and leave us a rating and review on our podcast? Now, each review gives us a little bump that pushes our show higher up in the rankings, which is great because that gives us more visibility. And you can do that by visiting the link on our show notes or the link tree listed on our Instagram. You can also listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Starting in 2003, Red Bull, yep, that Red Bull, created the Red Bull Air Race World Championship. The series ran from 2003 to 2019 with a hiatus from 2011 to 2013 due to a sort of restructuring due to safety regulations and modifications to all of the competitors' planes in order to just generally make them safer. The series resumed in 2014 and ran until its final season at the end of 2019. The series folded that year, unfortunately, due to lack of corporate sponsor interests, smaller crowds, and just a general lack of interest with new and existing fans. But you aren't here to talk about the series. You're here to find out what the machines that competed in them were like. Well, I can start off with a plane flown by the man with the most championships under his belt, and that would be Paul Bonham and his Zivco Edge 540. Now, before you keep listening to me ramble on about this thing, <clears throat> do yourself a favor. Go and look at this plane. It's not ridiculous. It doesn't look like a jet fighter or like some weird space age, you know, version of a propeller driven plane where, you know, the propellers in the back for some strange reason. No, no, it looks like exactly what you would picture a plane as, right? Right? It's got wings. It's got a tail. The propellers at the front and, a, you know, the, uh, the pilot sits in a little tiny glass cockpit. What becomes incredibly apparent, though, as soon as you look at it, is that this thing is a purpose-built craft, right? It's there to just go as fast as it possibly can. Now, that being said, while the airframe is probably one of, if not, the most commonly used plane during the course of the Red Bull series, there's a good reason for this. And let me hit you with some basic stats for this airborne cheetah. It's really more like a falcon, but whatever, we won't... We won't talk about animals. This is about engines and things. With a wingspan of no more than about 24 feet and a total length from prop to tail, it's just 20 feet. It's not a really large aircraft. It's barely longer than an Escalade. So that gives you some general concept of just, you know, the size of this thing. It's also incredibly light. Now, it's not the lightest as there are some manufacturers out there making full carbon fiber bodied aircraft, right? But for being the most popular choice, its max takeoff weight with a full tank of gas is only 1,800 pounds. All right? For comparison about what that weighs like, the very first ever Mazda Miata with the little tiny 1.6 liter engine was 2,100 pounds when it was new. And the plane makes more horsepower than the car did. So far, we have a compact airframe that's lightweight. It's really agile. But what's supposed to power the thing? Well, power is brought to us by a Lycoming AEIO 540 EXP, which is a six-cylinder air-cooled horizontally or a you know, boxer piston engine, right? Kind of like what you see in a Subaru. It makes 310 horsepower at only 2,700 2, RPM, which is incredible because that's a power-to-weight power, power to weight ratio of basically 0.172 horsepower per pound which means this thing accelerates like a rocket. Now, the top speed isn't 
that high. Again, it's not a jet fighter, but it can still do about 260 miles an hour. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but remember that this thing can do 12 Gs in the corners, which means that it can essentially corner like electricity. The last time that Paul Bonham flew a Zivco to victory was at the conclusion of his final season in the Red Bull Air Race World Championship back in 2015. That was his last season. At the time of this writing, Paul Bonham has raced a Zivco Edge 540 to more victories and world championships than any other pilot before him or after. Clearly, that means that the Zivco Edge 540 is the plane of choice for champions and enthusiasts alike. That's it for our story today, folks. Thank you for listening. If you want to see photos of our story and maybe even some videos, head on over to our Instagram page, AWAM Podcast. And I hope we were able to make your commute or chores just as fast and entertaining as the machines we talked about. Remember to be safe. Please buckle up and enjoy yourselves out there. And we will see you next week. Adios.